1: Hey, welcome to Mr. Bunkers, Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co starts soon, and with me as always your goes in the art.
0: Hi,
1: Bug Bunk Bunkers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Andy, you're looking uh you're looking a little hot. Yeah. You gotta cool down.
2: No, dude. I'm always hot because I have uh thyroid problems <laughs> and my body temperature is unregulated. <laughs>
0: oh, <Ow. laughs>
1: Andy I don't know I would say I got to cool you down with a nice ice cold bucket of water oh man I'm gonna dump It it all
2: over your head it would be so nice to get a nice bucket of water on me Almost makes me want to worship the devil.
1: That's true. Well, that's great, because today, Andy, we're talking about the Ice Bucket Challenge. You remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Um, well, hey, we'll save it for the discussion. Okay. Bunk funkers, you're going to have to listen to the whole episode. You can hear about what happened when Andy and I had to take the Ice Bucket Challenge together. Uh, who tagged us? Who we tagged? You guys remember that? Anyway, we're discussing the topic. <laughs> yeah, do you Bunkfunkers remember when that happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> today's topic andy is that the ice bucket challenge was a secret satanic ritual yeah not just a weird uh social, social media. media
2: stunt to stunt. benefit
1: charity right or vanity or ego right but
2: actually um uh, some sort of a satanic indoctrination and this came to us from a bunk bunker it did this came to us from Rose Rose, Rose. Gardner from Instagram. Rose, thank you, Rose. Rambling Rose, Rose, uh, thank you for this great topic. We appreciate you sending this one in. This was uh, fun to research, so
1: we hope yeah. it'll be fun to hear what we have to say about it. That's right. And uh, if you bunk funkers, uh, we're gonna tag you. You have to take the bunk uh, intro challenge, <laughs> the ice bunket, <laughs> the ice bunket challenge. And if you so choose to do so, you can uh, skip the intro. By looking into the show notes, finding the timestamp to get you to the whole enchilada on the ice bucket challenge with Satanic. If, uh, or
2: you can donate your time and, and listen to the lore.
1: Very right. Very <laughs> true. Because first, Andy and I got to update you on our lives in the bunker. Huh. 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 Yeah. We're a little Let's bit. Let's just say we're not laughing this
2: week. Nothing funny happened to us. In fact, We've got our little buns steamed. Yeah, our buns are steamed. Our poopers are peeved.
1: Our panties are in a knot. We're pissed. We're mad. We're angry. We're upset. That's right. We try to take the boys, our two sons, obviously we're daddies, and uh, we try to take undead, un- undead teenage Sasquatch, Peon Musk, mm-hmm. and adult baby David Crosby out to a night at the uh, the concert hall to get yeah. some culture. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to do the responsible
2: thing as parents by exposing our children to
1: culture well and here's the thing the grocery store was out of yogurt
2: yeah
1: and normally that's how i would introduce my kids to culture right would be through yogurt you can get a lot of
2: different cultures through yogurt and it's an easy way to absorb them because it goes right into your gut right but we decided we were going to try a different path tonight and we were going to take the boys to see world-renowned cellist And as we'll discover, big fucking asshole, Yo-Yo Ma, in concert.
1: You know, a lot of people, you can look up these videos of Yo-Yo Ma, he's like very passionate, very well-spoken, very intelligent, very gentle, kind man, who's very passionate about his musical instrument. Mm -hmm. Some consider him maybe the best cellist Mm -hmm. of all time. Yeah. I consider him one of the biggest douchebags I've ever had the misfortune of meeting in my life. Yeah, and I think that you're underselling it a bit because if I saw
2: Yo-Yo Ma covered in shit, I wouldn't help him. So we went to the
1: concert hall (laughs) and you're covered in shit. Do you need some help? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess I could use like a towel or something. Oh, yeah. Well, fuck you. Shit, man. (laughs) Why are you covered in shit, sir? I don't know. Probably somebody's shit on him. I don't know. It's just an expression. Okay. It's an old cliche. Classic expression. Everyone says it. Um, so we took him to the concert hall to go see Yo-Yo Ma play the cello. Yeah. You know, classic songs in the cello. I mean first of all, let's let's start it off. We were screaming Freebird from the moment we sat in those seats.
2: And I was doing my classic daddy's joke of going, uh, cello every five seconds. It was really funny. Everybody was laughing. You could tell the crowd. You could tell. The crowd was like, oh, I didn't realize this was going to be a concert and a comedy show. What a value for my <laughs> ticket
1: price. Now, they tried to kick us out on some bullshit rule of like, you have to be wearing a suit jacket when you show up. And, you know, you're not allowed to urinate in the
2: lobby. There's
1: no drinks or snacks allowed within the theater.
2: Uh, you're not supposed to point laser pointers at people in the audience. Mr. Ma does not want any
1: flash photography, which is like, I'm not going to fucking show my tits. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You can take a picture of me. I'm not going to pull out my dong. Okay. For yo-yo Ma, I have a little bit of, uh, okay. I, I get it that these, at first we had stuffed shirts think that, Oh, Hey, we're some low class, rubes coming into this show, but no, no, we have culture. Okay. We're not going to pull out our dongs or
1: whip out our titties. That's right. We got them on a technicality. We all were wearing those tuxedo shirts, right? So they had to let us in. They had to let us in. Technically we were wearing suit jackets, but they were just printed on our t-shirts. Right. Yeah. So we get into the concert, you know, we find our seats. We're having fun.
2: Everybody's eating junior mints and, Uh, Whoppers, and um, Sour Patch Kids, Mike and Ike's, Dots, um, Snow Caps, Popcorn, Peppermint Patties, patties, Soft Pretzels, Um,
1: we each have 84-ounce sodas. um, Full tubs of popcorn with caramel sauce and butter on both, uh, both at the same time. A foot long hot dog, foot a foot long foot-long Subway sub, full rack <laughs> of ribs, half rack of St. Louis ribs. Um, um, you know, we we had a whole roast
2: turkey, uh all this, the the accoutrement stuff. All the fix and cranberry, cranberry sauce, sauce, mashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing, Brussels sprouts, carrots, slow roasted yams, yams. We had uh, corn on and off the cob. Butternut squash. We had a soup course, a salad course, um, a dessert cart. Just standard
1: concert fare. And of course, jelly beans. Jelly beans. Um, You know, and so then Mr. Ma comes out and he brings out his fucking cello, which I guess today I learned what a cello was. I mean, geez louise. Cello. Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, cello. I thought this was some sort of like, I thought that he was some sort of performance artist <laughs> yeah.
2: who was working exclusively in the media of Jello, and then he brings out some sort of like fat violin. That he I'm puts like, you on fucking dummy!
1: You got your violin on the floor. It's supposed to go on your chin.
2: Yeah, but then even I'm like, I know that your violin's too big. Violins aren't supposed to be that big. Uh, maybe he's got bad eyesight. And anyway, I kept shouting that
1: <laughs> your, violin's, your violin's too big. And then these fucking assholes with these bright flashlights come over and they're like telling us to be quiet, and shining these lights in our faces. And we're like, I can't hear you. I'm shouting. (laughs) And we're like, if this is a laser light show, this fucking sucks.
2: Yeah. I mean, it didn't make any sense to me what was going on. And so we're sitting there and we're eating the snacks. We're like halfway through our meal. Right. Um, And, you know, this guy is just like playing this big violin and it doesn't sound like a violin. It sounds weird. Not like a violin. Yeah, and he's
1: going like... It's like everybody's like weeping and they're like listening to it. I'm like, this fucking sucks. Freebird! Freebird! Stairway! Freebird!
2: Freebird! Meanwhile, I got some popcorn stuck in my throat and I started coughing really bad. You know, it was one of those where it's like way in the back and you're just going.
0: (laughs)
1: And then Mr. Ma actually stopped playing and said, If you guys don't start imitating the sound of a snake in heat, I'm going to fucking kick you out of here. And we're like, Oh, okay, buddy.
2: (laughs) We're like, Okay, why don't you shut your mouth and go back to playing your fat violin, dummy?
1: Right. We're here to enjoy some fucking culture for our kids. And yeah, he got kind of ticked off. He got kind of ticked off. And it didn't help that I whipped a caramel apple at him. (laughs) And it stuck to him. Yeah, and this was one with nuts on the outside. Yeah, it hurt. That hurt. You <laughs> <He> got as <laughs> extra like two points of damage because it's spiked, piercing damage. <laughs> yeah, it uh, that'll defeat your armor. That's right. And uh, so he he grabbed the fucking microphone.
2: Yeah, he he dropped his fat violin, and
0: he,
2: <laughs> he, he picks up the microphone. And this guy, <laughs> this guy apparently thinks he's 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 not Yo Yo Ma. He thinks that he's Jeff Ross. Oh my God! He starts roasting our. Asses. He starts roasting us. I mean, out of nowhere. It's ridiculous. Totally uncalled for. Completely uncalled for. And this guy, all of a sudden, he's like, hey, you two, you have a weird looking family. Yeah. And you seem like you might be weird individuals. And it's like, what the
1: fuck? What the fuck? I mean. And her ass is roasted for everybody. everybody. I mean. He's like, look at you guys. You guys look like you're probably out of shape.
2: What? What? Like, what? We're more roasted than this turkey now. What the fuck? And so I'm like, uh, cello. And he just goes, That joke isn't funny, and you've been saying it constantly. You don't have any original material. And you don't
1: deliver it even all that well. And then he brought out fucking Andy Dick. Andy Dick came out on stage to fuck he had a whole cast of people just ready to roast. Ready to roast our asses, yeah. Andy Dick came out. He started slinging a couple other zingers at us. He was like, "You know, look at how ugly you guys are. I bet you have a hard time looking in the like you you probably have some self esteem issues based on that." Mm-hmm. And it was like, "Oh fuck!"
2: Then he had Andy,
1: and then he had Andy Richter come out,
2: and Andy Richter's bringing the fire. That's right. He's like, um, "I doubt that you're all that great as parents." <laughs> And it's like Jesus Christ, holy we're fuck! We're fucking
1: roasted. We're getting the gamut, Comedy Central style over here. Yeah, it's like the Comedy Central roast of our asses. I know. And then, um, then he brought uh, the corpse of Andy Kaufman out. Yeah, Andy Kaufman's corpse. Yeah, and it was a weekend at
2: Bernie's type of deal yeah. where Andy Dick and Andy Richter each worked a different
1: half of Andy Kaufman's body. And then they said, "Hey, look, here's." Here's three people named Andy who are uh, more relevant
2: than you. Three, three people named Andy more relevant than either one of you. <laughs> I mean, that one didn't hurt me as much, but you were peeved. I was super peeved. They attacked me based on my name. They called me Irrelevant Andy.
1: <laughs> oh, we were getting fucking steamed. Yeah, I mean... It was it was not fun for us bunk funkers like normally when we go into a roast it's a battle and we prepare for that battle by prepping some pretty baller roasts ourselves yeah we we take our opponent down and we say things like hey man your shoes um they don't really uh match the rest of your outfit someone's like dude like we just roast yeah, so we, hard we pull out
2: unfounded claims of child yep. molestation um you know we we Photoshop pictures of that person's head uh, on unflattering bodies, That's right. or we take pictures of their wife, and then we put, you know, we Photoshop pictures of ourselves in there. Yeah,
1: Eiffel Towering that person's wife, right? Um, we we Photoshop ourselves stealing money out of that person's bank account, and then having a weekend trip at sandals together. Yeah, weekend trip weekend to trip. sandals. Yeah, sandals. So not we- during the week when the rates are better. <laughs> Weekend trip. So we go hard at a roast battle, but the thing is, it's like you got to prep for a roast battle. Right. So to walk into an unprepped roast is totally against the rules of roast. We were gobsmacked. We were gobsmacked. We didn't know what to do because,
2: look, these are unassailable titans of comedy. Yeah. There's nothing bad you can say about Andy Dick. Andy Richter. What am I supposed to say to that guy? Andy Kaufman is dead. He doesn't care what I say.
1: And they didn't even try to pretend that he was alive. So, you know, slowly but surely then, uh, then, you know, Mr. Yo-Yo Ma uh, kind of like started to flex his arms and his his shirt sleeves ripped off, which I guess when you're carrying around that fat violin... Carrying around that fat violin all day, you get pretty fucking jacked. Yeah, I mean the thing looks heavy.
2: That's right. So he, I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, me and Art, we're animals, and our instincts kicked in, right? And this, you know, we're we're daddies, right? You got to protect the family. That's right. Fight, fight or flight, right? You know, and it, it, we went to fight. Let's just say, yeah, our plane is in the shop. Yeah, yeah, our airplane is in the shop, so we weren't taking a flight. No, no, we went to fight.
1: So. We rushed, we, we rushed the stage. Yeah. And it only we, And like, I mean, we like it only took us like five minutes. Yeah. Because I mean, first we had to like... We had to move excuse the ourselves. dessert card and the... Well, we had to excuse ourselves. Yeah, we had to move our cart of food and we had to like excuse ourselves past everybody else. Right. We were way far back in the aisle. Dude, we were very close to the wall of the yeah. theater. I mean, we might have also been in the nosebleed seats.
2: Yeah. We were <laughs> in the balcony. Um, So once we finally got down back... Right. Back to the main level. Well,
1: then we stopped at the con- and then we stopped at the concession stand again. Yeah, I had to get were, a got- drink on the way.
2: I got really winded walking down a flight of stairs, so I had to stop and have another Mountain Dew. So then, when we finally, when I finally finished that eighty-four ounce Mountain Dew, I we we rushed the stage, and by this time, Yo Yo Ma has picked up this fat violin again, and he's he's starting to try to play. And we're like, "Fuck you!" And right. then we we jump up on stage. Try to roast our asses. Yeah, you try to roast our asses. You're gonna get, you're gonna get the roast iron, my friend. That's right. And, I'm gonna turn you
1: into beef. And then
2: you know, roasted I, style. I take a swing and I miss and I fell down, <laughs> and you know, yo, yo I my, went for
1: the low. I went to try to do like a, one of those sweeping leg kicks, but <laughs> he I, was sitting in a chair at the time. He was sitting in a chair, but I I just I couldn't spin around very fast, so I ended up on my back like a turtle. So
2: Yo-Yo Ma naturally, because he's a dick, fucking took advantage of the situation instead of
1: fighting like, uh, like a warrior and fighting fair, yeah. letting us get back up and try again. Right.
2: <laughs> he had all the power in this Let situation. Let us do a mulligan. And he abused it. He starts using his fat violin like a bow and arrow. And he starts flinging those little uh, fat violin player things. <laughs> yeah, those like long... Little, little, like sticks with like a string on the end of them. Yeah, that long stick thing you play a fat violin with. And he starts, he starts loading those up in the strings and he's just like, boing, boing, boing. And he starts like a bow and arrow. Right. Firing them at us. And we get our asses blasted by these We got blasted by these things. And we run out of there. It's like, it's like a cartoon. He's got this fat violin. I don't know where he's getting all these like violin player things, but he keeps firing them at us. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And he chases us all the way back to the bunker. Yeah. And we had to hide in the studio. We
1: did. We were, yeah, we were, we were terrified and you know, he's not going to, you could, you might even be able to hear him. I don't know, but it's like, he was, he was outside just before we started recording that. Yeah. He's knocking saying like, you idiots, you fucking idiots. It's me, Mr. Bunker. I'll roast your asses any day of the week, all this stuff. And it's like,
2: where are all the cigarettes I hid in this place? Do you have any cheeseburgers? It's like, it's like, Okay. Yo-Yo Ma, you beat us in combat. Like, just leave. You don't have to eat us out of cigarette and home.
1: Yo-Yo Ma's a real dick. Yeah, Yo-Yo Ma fucking sucks. That's, you know, last time we ever take the kids out for culture. I mean, I will say he's good at playing the fat violin, but he's bad at everything else. He's not an honorable warrior. No. And he's he's not an honorable roaster. No, ignoble roaster. Ignoble roaster, ignoble warrior. And, um... And he and he doesn't and he doesn't know when to when to to just let it go. Yeah, I mean, accept that you won and just leave. Right. Be don't be a sore winner. Yeah. Yo yo ma. So anyway, here's the thing though, bunk funkers. Speaking of winners, we got a winner this week because we got another bunker alarm too. Oh my
2: god, do we ever? That's
1: right. We have another. Patron to announce,
0: that's
2: not the bunker alarm, that's just bonus fanfare. That's right. So please, Bunk Funkers, join me in welcoming our newest patron. That's right. Uh, Robbie Malek. Robbie Malek. Robbie, thank you so much for your support. We're so happy to count you among the Bunk Funkers. That's right. Um, Appreciate it. And, you know, as is custom, because you are a patron and friend of the show, we're going to now ring the bunker alarm just for you, Robbie. That's right. This bunker alarm's for you. All right, let me just uh, let me turn on the old Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm 3000 here. Oh, <laughs> that's a little rusted. <clears throat> yeah, it'll kick on in a minute here. <laughs> God
1: damn it. Andy doing the vending machine trick with the bunker alarm oh, 3000. What the fuck is wrong with this thing? God damn it. Oh, there it goes. Now it's all revved up. Ooh, listen to that whine. Yeah, that whine means it's working.
2: That's a real bona fide train whistle. That's how you know it's that's how you know it's on and ready to go. All right. Robbie, let's find you a good bunker alarm. Okay. Let me just go into the database.
1: Oh, here comes the database crane. The little tiny choo-choo that is part of the bunker alarm that uh, goes around the room. It's going to be delivering a bunker alarm here. Oh, hey,
2: look at this one. Oh. oh, this looks like a good one. All right. um, So, Robbie, again, thank you so much for your patronage. Thank you for your support. Uh, as is customary,
1: bunker the Bunk Deck Bunker Alarm 3000 is so advanced, we don't need to do a countdown. Andy. That's true. But, Look. If you know
2: anything about me and art, it's that we love tradition and we can't get enough of it. And so we like to do a countdown because counting down things is fucking cool. And I don't care if anybody says different. I don't don't care what
1: Yo-Yo Ma says. We don't
2: need to count down. We like to do it. That's right. And you know what? We deserve it. It's true.
1: We do. So here we go.
2: Robbie, there's Bunker Alarms for you in three,
0: <laughs> wow
1: what an alarm perfectly synced. it's beautiful
2: i don't get how this machine works i don't know this machine yeah i don't want to know because i don't need to
1: know i don't want to know i just know that it works and it is good. I just know that that bunker alarm was for you, Robbie. Thank you again for your patronage and support. We appreciate it. If you would like to support the show, just like Robbie and just like all the other patrons who have received bunker alarms, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker pod. But Andy, you know, here's the thing you can support us or not. It's okay. It's up to you. If you have means to do so and you want to support the show, obviously we would appreciate it. We're not going to force you to tag somebody and dump a bunch of ice water. Oh, it's going to be boiling hot pasta water. Scalding. Hot pasta water. Yeah. Scalding hot pasta water here on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> Funk Funkers, uh, we would love to hear all your stories about the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. What did you do for yeah, this if you Yeah,
2: if you have your own Ice Bucket Challenge videos, yeah. send them to us.
1: But we're going to give you the whole enchilada. Or if encilada. you
2: have any other videos you want us to
1: watch. <laughs> <laughs> Wink! <laughs> Um, Bunk Funkers, uh, let us know. Wait, what the fuck am I saying? No, uh, here comes the episode. It's not the end yet. We still
2: have to go through the whole episode. <laughs> All right, right, right. <laughs> I
1: don't know what am I doing. I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm still frazzled from Yo-Yo Ma. Um, yeah, this is the Yo-Yo Ma uh, is fat violin. Fuck that guy, fat violin. Uh, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge was satanic here on Mister Bunkers Conspiracy Time podcast. Oh,
0: that's cold.
1: Hail Santa! Hail Santa! Hey, Andy. Mm, I bet you're wondering what I meant by that. Are you? Yeah. uh, Honestly, I am. Did you say Hail Santa? I sure did, Andy. I just recently joined a new religion called the Church of Santa. And it's a pretty great religion. Our god is Santa Claus a.k.a. the Alpha and the Ho-Ho-Ho-Mega. Ho-Ho-Ho-Mega. Now, Santaists believe that only through selfish, through selfish gift receiving can we ultimately understand and achieve Father Christmas's generous nature. Otherwise, you know, it's a pretty typical religion. You know, we make gingerbread effigies to our enemies, of our enemies to capture their souls. We ride reindeer into battle... You know, we breed diminutive humanoid creatures to work in our factories. This is all standard stuff. Uh, Yeah, right. And Andy, you seem like a guy who has, uh, you know, is it fair to say no direction in life and you're easily manipulated? You look like a rube. You want to become a scientist and start worshiping his jolliness with me? (laughs) Wow.
2: Art, I mean, honestly, that religion religion sounds fucked up and cool, but... I'm afraid I can't. I actually just joined a new religion myself, the Church of Santanaology. Our chief deity is the living Lord Carlos Santana. It's a supernatural, apocalyptic, doomsday religion predicated on the belief that sick guitar licks will establish the Shred Lord's kingdom on earth. Art, frankly, you should consider becoming a Santanaologist. It is known that all other religions are heretical. You've got to change your evil ways. The Lord knows you've got to change. Besides, why worship some mysterious man in the North Pole when you can worship a rock god who lives in Las Vegas?
1: Well, Andy, actually, I'm a later-day Santas, so I believe that Santa lives in the USA, in Santa Claus, Indiana. The Holly Sea, as we call it.
0: Hmm.
1: Well,
2: it's clear neither one of us is going to be converted today. Yet. (laughs) So let's just talk about today's topic. A charity stunt that maybe has ties to devil worship?
1: Uh, say what? It's true, Andy. There are some people who think the mid twenty tens ice bucket challenge fad was connected to not Santaists or Santanologists, but Satanists. Oh, yeah. But hey, what the fuck is an ice bucket challenge anyway? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Art, as it's a pretty good segue to the rest of the episode.
2: Cold water challenges, so-called cold water challenges, became popular in the 1990s and 2000s, often as a way to generate donations for cancer research. The basic proposition is that you either donate money to a cancer charity, or you jump in cold water, or you get dumped on by a bucketful of cold water, or, you know, you could do both. It also involves uh, challenging other people to take the plunge, either into their wallets or into the ICC. You might have heard of the polar plunge, a type of cold
1: water challenge popularly used to raise funds for the Special Olympics. Now, some firefighters created a version of the cold water challenge that involved buff, hunky firefighters spraying participants with their girthy hoses. Some of the firefighters even got busted by the chief of uh, chief for unauthorized use of equipment. But these firefighters are just like us in that they don't ask for permission to use their own equipment. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, oye como va, Art?
2: Santana has shown us that our abilities with our equipment are a gift. We shouldn't hide them. Nobody can give you permission to use your equipment but yourself. Wow. That's actually a pretty good message. Yeah, definitely something you should think about. Santanology has a lot of good teachings. Anyway, with the proliferation of social media, it became trendy to post videos of people taking cold water challenges. Turns out people love to see their friends and family be shocked by extremely cold water. We love to watch people suffer, especially if we know them. It makes it so much better. An ice bucket challenge follows pretty much the same principle as a cold water challenge. You are challenged to either donate money to charity within 24 hours or you dump a bucket full of ice and water on your head. The Wall Street Journal reported that the ice bucket challenge was started by pro golfers to drum up support for their favorite charities. And these golfers ended up hitting a home run with this one.
1: Now, eventually, the Ice Bucket Challenge became famously associated with ALS. If you don't know, ALS stands for uh, amyotropic lateral sclerosis. That's a tough one for me. Wow, sclerosis. In the USA, ALS is sometimes called Lou Gehrig's disease, named after the Major League Baseball Hall of Famer. Lou Gehrig's playing career was cut short due to ALS, forcing him to retire from baseball at the age of 36. Unfortunately, ALS also forced Gehrig to retire from being alive at the age of 37. ALS is, as of this recording at least, an incurable, progressive disease of the nervous system which impacts nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord, leading to loss of muscle control. ALS is a terminal disease, as sufferers eventually lose muscle control for basic needs like eating and breathing. Typical ALS sufferers only live around 30 months After being diagnosed. Bottom line, this disease fucking sucks ass and it can suck my butthole. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Uh, So let's talk a bit about how the Ice Bucket
2: Challenge and ALS got paired up. In 2014, the Ice Bucket Challenge was sweeping the USA. The fad got a lot of exposure when alleged serial sexual assaulter and confirmed former TV host Matt Lauer took the challenge on the Today Show. Lauer was challenged by pro golf legend Greg Norman, the shark, and did the challenge to raise money for the hospice of Palm Beach County. Also in 2014, minor league professional golfer Chris Kennedy was ice bucket challenged by his coach. Kennedy ended up dumping a bucket of ice water on himself and recorded it, which was the style at the time. He also challenged three other people to do the same. One of these people was his wife's cousin, Jeanette Sinertia. Jeanette's husband, Anthony, was afflicted with ALS. On a sad note, Anthony passed away in 2017. He was only 46 years old. But back in 2014, Chris Kennedy not only did the ice bucket thing, he also donated $100 to an ALS charity. As we mentioned, it was not uncommon for people to do the cold water or ice bucket challenge and to also donate to charity. Allegedly, this was the first recorded time an ice bucket
1: challenge was connected to ALS. Dousing yourself in ice water and donating to charity? That is so what Santa would do. Maybe Chris Kennedy is a Santaist. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Some fellow Santaists out there. So, anyway, uh, Jeanette Cernertia did the ice bucket challenge and also made a donation to a charity started by she and Anthony to help other ALS sufferers. Jeanette posted her challenge uh, video via video on Facebook. And people in their hometown, Pelham, New York, started taking the challenge as well, also donating to, a- donating to ALS charities. Chris Kennedy's wife, Ariana, again, she's Jeanette's cousin, created a YouTube page for ALS Ice Bucket Challenge videos and collected over 400 in a week. It's a lot. Eventually, Ice Bucket Challenge videos
2: got the attention of Pat Quinn, an ALS sufferer. Pat challenged a friend and fellow ALS patient. Pete Freights. While attending school at Boston College, Pete was captain of the baseball team, so he had an extensive Rolodex. Uh, He passed the challenge on to some famous people and athletes, which really increased the visibility across social media. Throughout, the connection to ALS charities remained the same. In more sad notes, Pete Freights passed away in 2019 at the age of 34, and Pat Quinn passed away at only 37 years
1: old in 2020. At its peak in 2014, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge was responsible for about 70,000 tweets per day. In the summer of 2014, people shared over 1 million Ice Bucket Challenge videos on Facebook. Even though most people who took the challenge didn't donate, the campaign did increase awareness and donations to ALS charities worldwide, and these climbed, over, these climbed to over $200 million. Um, some people... Didn't donate? That's not very jolly of them. I didn't realize Santaists were so charitable. Oh, yeah, of course, Andy. I mean, that's a core tenet of the religion. That's why you'll find Santaists breaking into your home at night and leaving little presents around and eating your baked goods and milks. Damn. That sounds kind of scary and dangerous, but also pretty nice. Eh, well, you can't really deny that Santaism is a pretty incredible religion. If I do say so myself, <laughs> let's just say it's rocking around the altar. <laughs> anyway, according to the ALS Association, the biggest benefactor of donations from the Ice Bucket Challenge, donations from the challenge directly helped to fund research that identified five other genes related to ALS. These discoveries helped eggheads develop improved gene therapies and new medications to treat the illness. While this all seems like a fun, feel-good story,
2: there are some people who say you should actually feel bad about the Ice Bucket Challenge. Here's some of the criticism leveled against the trend. It was a waste of water! It was estimated by Washington Post meteorologist Jason Samenow that during the summer of 2014, Ice Bucket Challenge participants used 5 million gallons of water in challenges, That's assuming each participant used one four-gallon bucket of ice water. During the peak of the challenge's popularity, the U.S. state of California was under a state of emergency due to drought. Regions of China were also experiencing a severe drought during this time. People in in Henan province, China, even joined together in protest of the challenge. Some folks in California did the challenge with dirt to avoid
1: using water. Well, how about this one? It wasn't a good deal. Some commenters have suggested that the amount of money raised for ALS charities would have been better used if it were donated to other causes. Critics say that ALS is a relatively rare uh, disease compared to many diseases afflicting the developing world, and that donations are more uh, efficient when applied to causes that return greater value for humanity. And of course, there's this critique. The ALS Association sucks!
2: Some folks took issue not so much with the challenge itself, but with its biggest recipient of funds, the ALS Association. Pro-life people criticized the ALS Association's use of embryonic stem cells in ALS research, with some even suggesting that participants donate to ALS research organizations using adult stem cells rather than the embryonic variety. PETA and other celebrities criticized the ALS Association's practice of animal testing, and former professional wrestler Lance Storm said the ALS
1: Association used most of the donated funds for marketing, and all the rest went to Big Pharma. Well, what about vanity? Some have said that the whole thing was more about actually dumping ice water on yourself for social media reacts than for charitable donations. Uh, Jackass star Stevo took to Instagram to criticize celebrities doing the challenge. Here's what Stevo said in his own words: "Quote, since the ice bucket challenge began, over 15 million dollars has been raised for ALS research. I think that's great, but when you consider all the star power of." Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga, Justin Timberlake, and countless other A-list celebrities who have actively gotten behind this cause by posting videos, the fact that not more than $15 million has been raised is a tragedy. It's tragic because I don't believe one of those celebrities even bothered to share the slightest clue about how or where to donate money for ALS research. Hell, I think Charlie Sheen and Bill Gates were the only ones who even hinted that the entire point is to donate money. All those other celebrities just poured water over their heads and named three random people without including any call to action, which actually benefits victims of ALS at all. Had all those celebrities, given this cause, any thought, hundreds of millions of dollars might have been raised and a whole lot more awareness. End quote. steve then suggested people actually start sharing how to donate and provided a link to the ALS Association's donation page. He even donated $1,000. Aww. Now, as nice as that is, some people said the ice bucket challenge was
2: dangerous. Multiple challenge participants sustained injuries. Aside from the expected slips and falls, the social media aspect of the campaign caused numerous people to have buckets dropped on their heads from heights, trying to one-up each other. For example, Matt Beeler had his brother take a trash can to the roof of their garage where they filled the trash can with water. When it came time to dump the can, Beeler's brother lost his grip and the full trash can fell on Matt's head. Luckily, he escaped serious injury. Others were not so lucky. In the U.S. state of Kentucky, the Campbellsville University Band took the challenge. The local fire department came to help spray the band with water. Four Campbellsville firefighters were hurt when their aerial ladder got too close to a power line during the stunt. Captain Tony Greider eventually died from his injuries. Doctors also warned that people on blood pressure medication could experience a vagal response
1: during the challenge, which could cause them to go unconscious. But maybe the most dangerous thing about getting the ice bucket challenge wasn't uh, the risk of getting crushed by a trash can full of ice water. Maybe the real danger was more spiritual. Bunkfunkers, some people believe the ice bucket challenge was a satanic ritual. For example... YouTuber JT posted a video in 2014 saying, among other things, that ALS actually stands for Angel Lucifer Satan or Angel Lucifer Serpent. So there you go. Case closed. Nice talking to you.
2: That's the end of the episode. That's it. Oh, wait, there's more. <gasps> in September 2014, Selena Owens wrote a piece for World News Daily that also advocated a satanic connection to the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Selena said that, initially, she enjoyed watching Ice Bucket Challenge videos. They were funny. But the trend didn't stop. People kept doing Ice Bucket Challenge videos. And that got Selena thinking. Quote, Whose idea was this? Why would people so easily agree to being drenched in icy water? Who participated and who didn't? Why do people feel obligated to take the challenge if offered to them? What's the purpose of calling out three other people to take the challenge? Is there an underlying meaning we are not aware of in taking this challenge? Or is it simply crazy summer fun, an innocent passing phenomenon that we'll forget about at the first sight of an autumn leaf? End quote. Wow.
1: Selena knew that symbolism is everything in popular culture, so she started researching the ice bucket challenge. The first thing she looked into was the death of 27-year-old Corey Griffin. Corey Griffin tragically died on August 16, 2014, after diving from a two-story building into Nantucket Wharf off the coast of the U.S. state of Massachusetts. Corey was a friend of Pete Freight's and was an active supporter of the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge campaign. The night Corey died, he had been at an ALS fundraiser that raised $100,000. Following the fundraiser, Corey jumped from the building around 2 o'clock in the morning According to police, Corey briefly resurfaced, but then sank and did not return to the surface. An off-duty lifeguard pulled Corey from the water, and police on the scene attempted to resuscitate him unsuccessfully. Corey was pronounced dead at three o'clock in the morning. On its face, this seemed like just a tragic accident. According to locals, jumping from the same building Corey jumped off of is something of a rite of passage in the area. Corey may have just been celebrating a successful fundraiser when something went horribly wrong. To Selena Ward, though, Corey's death seemed weird. She referred to Corey's death as a
2: quote unquote drowning accident. The quotes are Selena's, by the way. Corey was a successful philanthropist. He had a career in finance. Selena wondered why he would take such a risk as jumping from a building into a harbor. She also found it odd that she didn't notice more news about Corey's passing or mentions of him in ice bucket challenge videos. To Selena, the fad continued unabated despite Corey's tragic passing. Selena found the whole thing, quote, very odd, very bizarre,
1: very dark, end quote. The next thing Selena researched was why the trend was people were being doused in water. Selena couldn't put her fucking finger on it. <laughs> I, don't know why I got so aggressive there. <laughs> but she knew something wasn't right about the whole thing, Andy. Then she had a revelation in the form of a now removed YouTube video posted by Anita Fuentes an evangelist and founder of the evangelistic ministries of Anita Fuentes and host of open your eyes people, <laughs> which is not to be confused with our game show where we, people close their eyes and they win if they can open them. Yeah. We, they close their eyes and we put glue right on their eyes. Super glue and shit. Yeah. Didn't last very long. Um, Since the video is no longer on YouTube, we will rely primarily on Selena's account of its contents. According to Selena, Anita breaks down the Ice Bucket Challenge's hidden cult messages. An important part of the video is none other than media mogul and professed bread lover Oprah.
2: (laughs) Or as Selena says, quote, the world-renowned cultic queen of talk, Oprah Winfrey, end quote. (laughs) In Oprah's Ice Bucket Challenge video, before she gets dumped on, she says, quote, in the name of ALS and the Ice Bucket Challenge, end quote. Now, this got Selena's attention. As a Christian, Selena was familiar with the practice of saying something like, in Jesus' name, during prayer. For non-Christians, you might say something like, in the name of Carlos Santana, the living incarnation of the Shred Lord, when you pray. Just as an example. Selena points out further that Oprah believes God is jealous of her, and that Oprah denounced Jesus, and that Oprah believes she is a god herself. Knowing all that made Oprah's choice
1: of words seem very cultish to Selena. The next aspect of the challenge Selena brings up is the act of dousing yourself in water. Selena said Anita connected the ice bucket challenge to Christian baptisms, except it's sacrilegious baptism, uh, putting un, uh, putting unwitting ice bucket challenge participants. What? I don't know. Just very unwitting, very articulate. Because <laughs> I didn't know what word that was putting unwitting Ice Bucket Challenge participants in the middle of a satanic cult ritual, Andy. Selena then goes into how popular culture is basically just a bunch of satanic rituals. Quote, Rituals abound in Christian America. Whenever spectators watch singers like Beyonce, Jay-Z, Rihanna, Lady Gaga, and especially Nicki Minaj, they are indoctrinated and involved in blatantly satanic rituals that stem from the deep abyss of the occult. This is sounding cool. <laughs> you're, making, you're making all those artists oh sound way God, cooler than yeah. they are. <laughs> Hold on. Can... Some of these very same artists have taken the ALS IBC. IBC stands for Ice Bucket Challenge, by the way. Uh, now, uh, Gaga doesn't utter a word as she baptizes herself, arrayed in a sexy black leotard, sporting black lips, perched in an ornate black chair. Gaga doesn't use a bucket. She instead uses a large silver bowl associated with pagan worship, by the way. Do you think she would take the IBC if it didn't meet her pagan criteria? Not a chance, end quote.
2: Selina then goes on to say, quote, The ALS IBC is ritualistic in nature. People are chosen to undergo a form of water baptism with cultic god Oprah leading the charge, quote, in the name of ALS, end quote, end quote. The Guardian points out that other celebrities were also targeted as having satanic ice bucket challenge videos. Justin Timberlake, because he wore a Pink Floyd t-shirt. Bill Gates, because the bucket he used was set on some scaffolding that looked like the Temple of Solomon. But hey, let's be real. Bill Gates would be on this list even if his video was the most plain ice bucket challenge video of all time. Right? Like... There was no chance Bill Gates was not going <laughs> right, to be right. accused of doing something. Sure. He's, he gets blamed for everything. Oh, well, yeah. We should have a whole episode on just Bill Gates and every single conspiracy ever because he's allegedly at the head of all we got of plenty those, of new ones. Plenty of them. And then there's Justin Bieber who had a friend in his video who was wearing a number 33 New York Knicks t-shirt. Now, my guess is this had less to do with Patrick Ewing and more to do with the fact that three plus three equals six and six, 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 six is the number of the beast, but I don't know. Maybe there's
1: a Patrick Ewing angle here. I haven't considered actually, Andy, you might be onto something because what character is the number three on the keyboard special character? It's a hashtag. So hashtag 33 is actually three, 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 six, six, six.
2: Wow.
1: You heard it here first. Bunk funkers. case confirmed. Yeah, I'm just saying now. Oh, now this is my Tanner yeah. talk. According to, <laughs> according to Selena, knowingly or not people cast Jesus out of their hearts by taking the ice bucket challenge. She also mentioned that donations to ALS charities were being used in unknown ways, leading people to feel uneasy of the impact of their donation. Selena closes the piece with this quote, here's a challenge. Follow Jesus, not the masses and quote damn mic drop. <laughs> but Selena and Anita aren't the only ones who see Satan worship in the ice bucket
2: challenge. The aforementioned YouTuber JT made many of the same claims. Uh, JT also said he talked with someone who was a former Satanist. The former Satanist confirmed that the Ice Bucket Challenge was identical to a ritual done in Satanic worship services to form a covenant with Satan. Other commentators have drawn a connection between the Ice Bucket Challenge and voodoo rituals, which, you know, they usually bring up in a negative way.
1: Wow. What a story. You know, Andy... I can't help but think all the controversy could have just been avoided if only everybody had just converted to Santaism. I don't know, Art.
2: What does the Church of Latter day Santa say about the end times? A lot of people, like me and other Santanaologists, worry about when the world will end. How do we know we'll be protected
1: from destruction? That's the great thing, Andy. You're not! Some say the world will end in fire, some say in ice. Santaists know it will end in ice and all life will be frozen deep in the permafrost. Well, except for the uh, old cold one, <laughs> Santa Claus. After all, life on Earth is frozen in ice. Santa will fly his team of magical reindeer all over the globe, waving his magic candy cane in the air, and performing arcane rituals. Santa Claus will give us all the gift of rebirth into a refreshed Earth. Unbelievers will never wake up from their slumber, Of course and will eventually break down into useful things, like oil. Hmm. No, I'm not going to lie. That uh, that message
2: touches my heart. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to convert to Santaism.
1: Wow, it's happening! Bunk bunkers. Okay, as a Santaist priest in training, I can actually perform the ceremony. Here, come sit on my lap. What would you like for Christmas, little boy? Um, a sick-looking transam? Ho, ho, ho! And so it shall be. Remember, child, Santa said, eat this cookie and drink this milk in remembrance of me.
0: <laughs>
1: the ceremony is complete. Welcome to the church of later-day Santa.
0: Ho ho ho! <gasps> because you were faithful, I left you boys a little surprise. Wink! Merry Christmas! Oh!
1: Wow! A blessing from Father Christmas! Let's check under our Christmas tree, Andy! Look! Under the tree! It's, it's the, the holy enchilada! Whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. That uh, was their research of the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge is fucking satanic as shit. Satanic panic.
2: Oh, I'm afraid of everything because Satan lurks everywhere. Anything fun is made up by Satan. Anything that gives you joy and that you don't actually have to suffer a little bit for is made by Satan. Right. Everything. A lot of the arguments... Satan lives in your Kodak machine. A lot of the arguments here are that Satan makes a corrupt parody of everything good in this world. Wow. So everything that's actually good, Satan corrupts and makes a parody of it Well, to suck you in and suck you
1: off and get you deeper away from God. Then you know that this... This is not a satanic podcast because it's not good. It's not good. It's not enjoyable. And nobody would, would would parody it. We,
2: yeah, we live in that weird space where we're neither on the side of God or Satan. Where we're
1: <laughs> neither one wants totally us. rejected by all peoples and creeds. <laughs> That's right. Neither one of them want us. Uh, we exist in a limbo world uh, where nobody wants to claim us. Um, most deities, yeah, they they, they want they want nothing to.
2: Yeah, and you can't blame them,
1: Uh, frankly. Andy, let's talk about the Ice Bucket Challenge. I'm sure the Bunk Funkers, obviously Bunk Funkers, we want to know about your Ice Bucket Challenge Mm -hmm. stories. Andy and I did ours together, uh, (laughs) along with our friend Skylar. We were performing comedy. Now, did you do an individual one, too? Um,
2: I did one at work, actually, with a Uh... bunch of people. So I did it more than once. And See, that's satanic. (laughs) Yeah. Can I tell you the truth? I did
1: it 666 times. I did it.
2: <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh fuck. I didn't even realize. Oh. Um I had totally forgotten about our ice bucket challenge. Wow, well fuck you, dude. And I was reminded of it and I don't remember the circumstances about how we were
1: challenged. Good question. I don't remember how we were challenged either. I I know and I want to call him out, my friend Ian, not our arch nemesis Ian, uh my friend Ian, a good Ian. This is a, this is he's a good Ian. Um he challenged me and I was like of course he fucking did. Uh I didn't want to be ice bucket challenged. I don't like social pressure, social media stunts. I don't like any of that shit and uh I don't really like social media to be honest, yeah, even a little bit. Um, And so I did not want to be ice bucket challenged because I thought from the very get go, I'm not trying to be like a fucking, oh, I knew I was like, this is fucking stupid. You don't need to fucking call me out publicly and make me go film because so many people were just filming videos of themselves and then being like, I'm here to raise awareness. Yeah. But I was like, but the point is to donate, not to do the stupid thing. I didn't. I donated. Yeah, it was like I didn't really want to do the stupid challenge. I'm like, I'll fucking donate, but yeah. like, don't do this bullshit where you got to make me tag people. Yeah. It's just, it was annoying. And so I got tagged by him personally. And so I just did it with you guys. All right, let's set the scene, set the scene, set the scene here. So we, we were on an improv team.
2: The three of us, me, Art, and Skylar, we right. were on an improv team called the Fun Fun Boys. Right. And at this point, at this point in our careers, we were doing a lot of uh, our careers. (laughs) uh, I'm going to call it that. And fuck you if you disagree with that term. Um, We fucking bled on that stage for a decade. uh, At this point in our careers, we were doing a lot of what we call bar prov, which is improv done in a bar, which is. At least it used to be a relatively common thing in Chicago for up and coming improvisers to do um, because there would be a lot of shows where it was free to get in or you had to pay a small cover to get into the bar. And then the bar wanted you to buy drinks. Yeah, they really wanted the performers to come and buy drinks, you know, because performers are alcoholics, um, you know, but
1: uh, not everybody. I mean, I'm being crass in saying that. you're being crass at the the, the trope of at the trope. But at the same time, improvisers do. Uh, you know, people are having fun, and you can have a, a drink with your friends or whatever. But, right. um, they would
2: have free shows in the bar, and you know, you could come and do, uh, as much bad improv as you wanted.
1: Um, <laughs> and we did a yeah, we had our about, fair share. The trope about these shows were usually that they're not very well attended. Um, you know, it's it's up to they're usually like, I mean, hell, we fucking ran one for five years yeah. in a theater, so, uh basically the same thing it's just they're independently run it's up to the you know the bookers to get people to show up and post about on social media and like bring people and it's that's the whole crux of them so they're not very well attended and um yeah they're usually like in the back room it's not like you're on like an actual
2: and it's it's people still
1: working on things so it's not always the most polished
2: right performances and stuff but um we this particular time we were doing a show that we did a lot uh, I will say a lot, even though I don't know if we someone did wants, do it a lot. wants to disagree with that. But No one's going to disagree. We did a lot. It was called The Show Below, and it was at a place in uh, Chicago that I don't know if it's open anymore called uh, Crocodile Lounge. Yeah, I think it has a different name. It's in Wicker Park. Yeah, it's a different different name now. But um, what they had was a fun setup where there was a bar upstairs and a bar in the basement, a, and the show a, was in the basement. Yeah, a
1: dark basement that had a very sticky floor that they would let us do improv there for as exactly l- as 45 l- <laughs> minutes until they kicked us out. Cause they were bringing in a DJ to, to let they it. They would
2: convert the whole thing into a dance floor right. just by clearing it. And so it's like, it was a very tight show and yep. uh, the crocodile players. I mean, shout out to our friend Keenan camp, Logan Dean. Um, yeah. That, that wow. Ran that show. Name pulls. Um, we're big name droppers. It's how you stay relevant uh, by not dropping the names of all your famous friends. Um, but they ran the show for like five years, six yeah. years, I think. Something crazy um, like that. It was a long time. And um, we did the show a lot. Uh, we 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 came into it close to the end of its life, actually. Uh, truthfully. I mean, maybe we killed some, the show. Some
1: people might call us the hospice of improv comedy.
2: <laughs> Black widows of, of improv shows. <laughs> uh, but we decided... Right. We had all been challenged, I think, relatively recently. Yeah, yep. And we all decided, like, hey, the show is... and Plus, the show was on a Friday night. So, you know, the bar was eager to (laughs) kick out improvisers to make way for people dancing. Um, (laughs) Actual paying customers. But we decided that we would use part of our stage time that night to do our own ice bucket challenge uh, in the basement of the Crocodile Lounge. And... We got like cups of water from the bar to do this, but because it was a stage area, I mean, it's just part of the floor, but we couldn't, we couldn't get it wet that much because, you know, it would be a safety hazard. So we had like half cups of water and we did the whole thing. I brought the towels. Yeah, you brought I towels. I brought towels. And so then we d- dumped
1: the water on ourselves after like a speech or something. We we said we're doing the Ice Bucket Challenge, and then we were going to perform wet, uh, and then we challenged, I forget, I know we challenged TJ and Dave, who, for yeah. those of you who aren't <laughs> familiar, TJ Jagadowski and Dave uh, Pesquasey. Is uh they're very well known actors. They've been in they've been in lots of different movies. Do I remember TJ from all those Sonic drive-in commercials? Right. TJ was in the Sonic Drive-in commercials. He's kind of the blonde-haired guy, balding. And then um Dave Pisquazi is probably most famous for his role in Veep. Yeah. Uh where he, he was Selena's ex-husband. Where he played Selena's ex-husband. He's been in a lot of other things though, too. Yeah. Both very accomplished actors, incredible improvisers. Yeah, un unbelievably
2: yeah. skilled. Um, especially tj right is i think for both of us like yes i think a lot of people TJ's like an improv right
1: deity almost right and you know he, whether yeah it's it's you know and he would probably say like yeah he's he's a very ni- he seems like a very nice we never met him but he seems like a nice guy so um the, the 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 funny part here is that like we're fucking nobodies yeah and we're challenging the fucking great and the record we posted it on social media and like it's we're so obnoxious and here's how I think remember about how it. obnoxious that is to do.
2: And here's how I remember it is that we did it and the limited audience at the, oh, at the yeah. show below, they hated us. Yeah. They thought it was so obnoxious. Yeah. And it hated, was, they hated everything about it. Right. Cause then it's like they had to watch us do the ice bucket challenge. Right. And then they had to watch us clean up the floor. <laughs> well, yeah. Right after
1: it wasn't a ton of water <laughs> and, um, and we just, I think we had a decent set afterwards. We challenged two other people, and I can't remember who they were. Yeah, I don't Probably remember. friends of ours at the time. I can't remember. Yeah. All I, I really, what really brought it home for me was remembering how just like disgusted the audience was. The audience was not pleased with us. I mean, we were obnoxious. At the same time, we were also all dressed the same. We were all wearing our turtlenecks. Oh, <laughs> well, was this in the phase where we were like, oh, we should all
2: dress the same?
1: Yeah. We did that briefly. Where did we get those turtlenecks?
2: So we got some turtlenecks that said FFB on them for Fun Fun Boys. And we got them for a sketch show. Yeah, we got them for a show that we did. uh, A sketch show that we did. uh, And we wore those during the show.
1: Oh, yeah. That was the Alabama. Uh The apocalypse when. Apocalypse when. Yeah. So we wore those that night. That's kind of obnoxious to show up all dressed the same. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't think it is at all. I think it's fucking funny. And it's like. You're changing up something that's so routine. You know, there's a lot of people who just want to show up to these bar shows, do their spot and leave. I mean, I I will give I will give people credit that like our energy is probably
2: wrong for like bar prov because there are some of these shows. Yeah. You know that like some people just wanted to do their thing and like zone out for the rest of it. Right. Like, I feel like that. And you got like us three fucking underground screaming and running. Around. Yeah. Underground. I mean, lounge. shout out to our friend, Avery Lee, who did that right.
1: and ran that show forever. And, and all the other people 6. ran it too. Yeah. yeah. 98.6. And. Uh, um, yeah. So that was our Ice Bucket Challenge Orlando, story. Cassandra. That's right. Um, that's our Ice Bucket Challenge story. That's how we did the Ice Bucket Challenge. So what did you think of the Ice Bucket Challenge, Andy?
2: Uh, I was in the same boat as you. I thought it was stupid. To be honest, I'm mean, like. Yeah, I'll happily like, donate to charity, but like I really don't want to like, douse myself in
1: water. I'm not really not somebody who likes... To, I'm very introverted and private, and so I didn't want to do the social media component. Yeah. I, and I, I didn't like being publicly tagged to, to force to do something. Yeah. That fucking annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah, the peer pressure aspect of it is annoying. So fuck you, Ian, for tagging me. It's like, uh, you know, and... <laughs> It's yeah. Ian, you fucking know that I don't want to be tagged And shit publicly Ian. Ian you asshole And I know fuck you, you fucking sometimes you listen to the show And most of the times you tell me like oh well I'm catching up on it But like I'm too busy listening to podcasts And it's like fuck you Ian <laughs> I'm gonna tell him to listen to this one
2: Yeah I, I I agree I mean It's like I felt like the
1: cause was good But was it? I mean Let's look. I want to look up the ALS Association. And obviously, I don't know some of these websites. You know, you know, you can look up uh, the ALS Association's National Office on Charity Navigator says that they only have an 89 out of 100 for financial and a 97 out of 100 for transparency and accountability. Well, you know, I don't know. Those uh, those those stats can be a little bit misleading
2: because obviously like what charity navigator does is that it, it like has certain like standards that it's judging a charity against charity watch. Is that a better one? I don't know. I don't know. They're all, I think they're all pretty the same. You just have to like take the ratings with a grain you of know, salt. Some, some the of these important thing ra- is ra- to like, yeah. look and see like what percentage right. of their, what, what do they do and how much of their money goes to program expenses? Now, you know, against claims like what Lance Storm said that they don't they don't give any money to program expenses. They, Lance Storm. I don't remember Lance Storm. I I might, but yeah, I don't know. You know, he said, "Oh, they you know like like only twenty five percent of it's left over after they pay for all the marketing and stuff, and then all of that money goes to big pharmaceutical companies to help develop oh, yeah. illnesses." But the ALS Association said no. At the time, they said no. Our our donations, 79% go to program expenses. Looking them up on Charity Navigator now, 80%, 80.3% of donations go to
1: um, program expenses. And it's, now, At some level with these bigger charities, it's like, you know, I don't know, people always say like the Susan G. Komen Foundation is like totally fucking shitty and you shouldn't actually donate to them. They don't do anything for breast cancer. Yeah. They're actually just breast cancer awareness.
2: Yeah. Well, and you can, you know, I, I understand the argument too. I don't know. That's saying like hey ALS they're 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 trying to find a cure for a relatively rare disease. Meanwhile, relative to, you know, yeah. like yeah, like your your charity dollars could go to like charities that where there's already cures available, but it just needs to be distributed. They need money to like buy medication and distribute it to people who need it and it goes like much more Worldwide, whereas you know ALS, I guess, is kind of seen as like a first world type of disease, you know, like
1: a developed world type of disease. It's a fair. There's an argument there,
2: right? A little. I think it's a little, than, a little it's a, holier
1: <laughs> than thou. Yeah,
2: I think it's a little like kind of a. It's like okay, well, you know, listen, like a pe- lot of people, might, like ALS yeah. sucks. Yeah, like let's you might have um, been, uh, your you muscles been... stop
1: working all over your body. Oh, it's a horrible disease. And yeah, and there's a Chicago comedian, Michael Lair, who I think unfortunately is like he his ALS has gotten so bad that he can't perform anymore. He was like trying mm-hmm. to perform um, even out in L.A. Um, yeah, and it was, I mean, he like, yeah, he, his speech was super slurred and slow. He was in a wheelchair. He was fucking, I mean, he's fucking hilarious. He's, he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a brilliant comedian.
2: And the sad thing is is that it's a very like progressive, like right. aggressively progressive disease.
1: Yeah, so- you can last for like a while, like a couple of years and like starve it off, but then it just yeah catches up
2: well it's like most most people they don't live 3 years after they get diagnosed like no. you know it's it's pretty uh it's pretty terrible so it's hard for me to sit here and go like oh yeah people shouldn't donate cuz we don't know very much about ALS is the thing too like you know the fact that these donations led to finding five more genes that are like involved in this i mean i think it just goes to show that the research from 2014 was not super great at that point like there was still a lot of work to do and there's still a lot of work to do to develop like effective treatments and stuff so I mean it's hard for me to sit here and say like oh people shouldn't have donated to yeah,
1: I to mean you can, I guess you can you can I, I think the 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 you know I guess the the method was very popular it did capitalize on viral video marketing and that sort of thing that was like really popular at the time with social media like yeah you know obviously I think Facebook's user... I, I think their user activity has taken a huge dive even from 2014. Yeah, I'm sure. And different things like TikTok probably has stuff that's way more now and it's like...
2: At the time of this recording, like I would say like TikTok is the place you're going to get challenged to something or right. maybe Instagram.
1: Yeah. But it would be way more like... Oh, Twitter TikTok. and Facebook are kind of going... Yeah. You know? And so... And I say good riddance. And, uh, and so... <laughs> Challenges were a big thing, though. They were a big. Do you thing. remember the cinnamon challenge? Oh my god, you did the cinnamon challenge. I did the cinnamon challenge? Yeah, I remember that one. And then yeah. you and your—would she be your sister-in-law? <laughs> we did it together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that video. Yeah, the cracker. Did you do the cracker
2: challenge? No, I didn't do the cracker. It's very one. similar one. Yeah, I mean the cinnamon one. <laughs> I went in. I went into it, and I was like, I don't really understand this one all that much. Yeah. You know, like I was like, I I get the cracker one because I think we've all had that experience of like eating a cracker with like kind of a dry mouth and it just like.
1: We've all had that experience of opening up a sleeve of Ritzes and then dumping the whole thing into your mouth. Is that we've not an all experience done that everybody's that?
2: done? Just me, <laughs> regularly? No, but I, you know what I mean. Like you have a dry oh, mouth and you eat a cracker 100%. and you're like, oh god, this is horrible. Yeah, this is and a big mistake. And it turns to paste in your mouth, right? Or, or like you know, when you're a kid, you like just chew a saltine forever and it turns to glue, like, right? Uh, so I think everybody's had that experience, but I mean, obviously I've never eaten like a whole spoonful of cinnamon before, but I was like, I don't really understand how this like is can soak up. I don't think of cinnamon as like an absorbent thing, right? But it really is. It's like, it fucked you up. It's like the outside gets coated in your saliva and then there's like this dense core of hard packed, dry like unwettable cinnamon that just like is stuck in your mouth. And,
1: and, and it cinnamon- feels like
2: you are like put a tennis ball in there. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, well I can't swallow this. I can't do anything. So you just
1: go and then you just go like a geyser about cinnamon. And, and, and raw cinnamon is not a very pleasant spice to like take in by itself. Yeah, I, mean, I think a lot of people like like cinnamon is is very pungent and aromatic. It's and, spicy and spicy, you know, and it's got that like yeah
2: pungency. So, well,
1: I would imagine though that people aren't using like yeah, this was not like high quality. cinnamon. This
2: was cinnamon. not like Saigon cinnamon
1: like right. This you were
2: probably the, using McCormick cheap
1: yeah fucking cinnamon that you got, and then you know that stuff tastes like shit. So, I mean, it
2: was I mean of all the things that you could stuff in your mouth and it could make you cough, this one tasted not that bad. <laughs> I wouldn't, I'm not rushing to do it again
1: because yeah. it feels like a waste of cinnamon, but no, I'm not a big challenge guy. I don't like challenges. I can't be either. Don't fucking challenge me. I don't want to be me. challenged at all. Don't challenge me. Leave me alone. I, can, I don't want to be, be I want life to be easy. I don't want to have to struggle at all. Very young in my life, I went to Six Flags. I tried to do one of those games where you had to climb the rope ladder mm-hmm. and you had to get all the way to the end to win the prize. And I learned from an early age that games are rigged, challenges are rigged. Don't challenge me. I don't want to be challenged. <laughs> I've already s- proven to myself that I cannot do challenges, uh, so don't challenge me. So there you go. I don't want to go, one go one on first. MTV's The Challenge. Art, de- art, <laughs> art, developed the quitter mentality. at right, early age quitter mentality, and I've, I've fucking survived this far. Never looked back, baby. Woo! I don't know. I think. I think. What do you think of Steve O's argument? I agree with him. Yeah,
2: I actually think it's a pretty good argument because I feel like I do. You know, obviously the statistics show that most people that did the ice bucket challenge did not donate to a charity. Right. That most people just did it for a social media video. Right. Like to dump themselves in water. And it led to a lot of like one upsmanship. I mean, there is a lot of vanity in this. And I think people people want the social media. It did do a lot of, it did increase donations quite a lot to ALS charities. But at the same time, I think a lot of people were just doing it to like
1: have fun. Yes. There was a lot of like, I feel like around when the time it got to me, um, you know, because I have so little friends in my life, I didn't have a lot of people to <laughs> challenge me. Besides my fucking friend Ian. Uh, what a piece of shit. Yeah, I know. And um, uh, that like it was like you could either just do the video to raise awareness, which is like. Fucking like I'm miming Jerking off And throwing the cum Spider-Man style fuckers. <laughs> Bunk you can't see me What do you think Of awareness in general I said Like
2: uh, I, mean, I don't know I mean I I guess I, I struggle
1: with it A little bit yeah Like yeah, I, I struggle being aware I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm always but getting I, hit by buses I struggle being awake I'm not paying attention to my I'm not being aware Of my surroundings
2: <laughs> I struggle being awake So Yeah I would say I'm not into awareness <laughs> the the thing with awareness is like, I do think that it serves a purpose. Sure. But when there's stuff that it's like, oh, all it does is raise awareness. I'm like, okay, I'm aware. Okay, G- great. I guess <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like these things are much more powerful when there's like actionable. And you know, I don't know. It's like one of those things where people do an ice bucket challenge. Like, oh, I raised awareness for ALS. And it's like, gr- I think people are pretty aware at this point. Yeah. Like this, Literally, you're at the height of this trend going, oh, at least I raised awareness. I don't think you did. I don't think you
1: raised awareness. Yeah, it was like you could do the video and raise awareness or not do the video and just donate and say you donated. Right. The thing, and that's like kind of the thing about it is that you were supposed to donate or do the if you
2: didn't donate within twenty four hours, oh that yeah, there was a time component. You were supposed to do the ice bucket challenge then, right? So you had a choice: you could either donate, or if you didn't do that in twenty four hours, you take the ice bucket challenge. So some people did both. Yeah, some people donated. A
1: lot of people just decided to do ice bucket challenges. Yeah, the pressure. I definitely like. I didn't like the. That had was, what was that? Would that? that couldn't have been the summer of twenty fourteen? Was it?
0: Mm-hmm. it was
1: when we did it yeah really yeah huh i guess that would make sense yeah um yeah i feel like it was a real
2: bad idea to wear turtlenecks because i think it was hot yeah i was probably sweating
1: like a pig yeah you probably were least you had all that water um yeah i remember the social comp like i you know this is just me and this is why i don't like social media It's like i just got like social anxiety from like the social component of it of being like Publicly challenged to have to do something that, like, honestly is like fucking obnoxious. Like, I gotta fucking get a bucket and then raise it over my head and film myself in my bathtub. Like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna go in my backyard of my apartment and fucking film myself out in the yard dumping water on my head. Like, I'm not gonna go bother you and go fucking walk over to your stupid ass apartment and fucking knock on your fucking door and be like, hey, Annie, can you film me? Booga booga water on my head i'm not gonna do that fuck that
2: oh i see you caught me doing the ice bucket challenge here in my shower
1: <laughs> <laughs> whoops <laughs> anyway
2: i'm raising awareness for als i refuse to donate Wink. and i'm raising something else Oink. i like when people say they're donating to als because it makes it sound like <laughs> yeah. it makes it
1: sound like they're trying to
2: help the disease win.
1: Come on, guys, with your donations, we can help this disease kill more people. <laughs> I'm doing this for ALS. Why? Don't no do it against ALS. Don't do it for ALS. I'm donating to uh, breast cancer awareness because I want breast cancer to be more aware of how much it sucks. I'm raising funds for cancer. Yeah. Look, we're getting awfully
2: good at treating cancer. We're
1: doing a cancer walk.
2: (laughs) The goal is to raise funds to invent new types of cancer.
1: (laughs) Oh, Christ. Fucking ALS ice bucket challenge. So what do you think about this Satan angle? (laughs) No, this is fucking stupid. (laughs)
2: You know what's funny about this is like there's no even skeptics take about it because skeptics haven't even bothered. Like
1: it's just mostly a joke. Like, that's how people treat it. Like, oh, it's yeah. Satan? Oh, yeah, this is kind of funny. Social media and all of its ill will might be satanic. I'll fucking believe that. But, uh, you know, hey, let's let's do it. Let's do a social media challenge where you have to dump water on your head to raise awareness of how social media uh, hurts people's self-esteem if not used in moderation.
2: <laughs> you know what I like, too, is things like, oh, it's it's clearly satanic or it's connected to voodoo. Mm-hmm. Um, because it involves people putting water on themselves, it's like oh, but it's wow. like that's what a baptism is. It's like oh wow, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure ice bucket challenge. Oh, th- there's so few things where people get wet. What a what a great connection to draw. The geez, the links are so strong here. People get wet in it. Oh you my hear god, that rage and waves water <laughs> yeah, part Yeah, you,
1: why, why don't you change your name to fucking? Rage, it's satanic water park. Hey, have you ever noticed how
2: I won't shower? It's because it's satanic. (laughs) You're not supposed to get wet. That's a baptism. (laughs) You take baths and don't go under the water. You can't wash your
1: hair. Nope. You can only be dry shampoo only. (laughs) Dry shampoo only. Just like Jesus wanted. I take myself to the dry cleaners and I tell them, put me through the machine.
2: I take myself to the uh, dry cleaners. I don't know why you sound like JFK a little bit. (laughs) I always do. That's because I have a bad back.
1: Um, And you fucked a Marilyn Monroe. I did. Um, Yeah, Art's a
2: serial uh, adulterer.
1: That's true. And uh, yeah, I just like, you know, you can find satanic imagery in lots of things, including, you know, the Church of Satan. I mean, no offense to
2: <laughs> Selena Ward, but she comes off as one of these whiny crybabies who hates everything about popular culture because she's a freaking stick in the mud and has no sense of imagination or have, ever has any fun and just wants to complain about stuff. Oh, and also, I guess the thing is that she's writing some clickbaity article for some bullshit website. So good on her for making something that got 15 minutes of fame.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, no offense. No offense. No offense. We mean no disrespect. Now it's kind of a, I don't know, it's one of those things where somebody writes it and I'm like, do you really believe this? Yeah. Are you just pulling at straws? Like the YouTuber JT, I mean, he says he's some sort of a pastor. I mean, I don't know what his credentials are, so I'm not going to like pretend that I do. So I take his word for it. But, you know, he's talking about like, hey, you don't need to make a show of doing charitable work. You shouldn't need to do that. You should, that should be part of your, he's like, that's my, I forget how he put it, but he put it in a good way is like i don't need to make a video of me like doing charitable things because we're that's, doing charity he every said, single
1: day of the week on
2: sunday here yeah. in our church he said that's my worship right is doing charity work right. like i help people because that's my worship and if you were truly like a christian you shouldn't need to make a video of doing this because this should be part of your worship but then he goes on and says you know angel lucifer satan angel angel lucifer serpent and it's like okay like you're on the rails and then you kind of yeah. get off the rails a little yeah, bit. It's I mean, like the, you, you had a good message. <laughs> like It's a good message, right? Like yeah. we shouldn't have to make a show about being charitable. People should just be charitable. It's an argument we love to have about yeah. altruism. Altruism. I don't think it exists. Right. And I And I continue to say that. I think that everybody that does something good expects at least even in a karmic sense, something good out of the universe for
1: doing that. Nobody ever does anything truly selfless we're we're it's it's a it's the it's the juxtap it's the uh the contradiction of our existence that yeah. we are self-preserve self-preservation and self-preserving creatures mm-hmm. self-interested totally yeah. that's literally in our fucking dna to survive yeah and yet we are taught to do the opposite and and feel good from it
2: yeah you know <laughs> i'm no
1: sociologist obviously i'm no ologist at all i'm a stupid idiot yeah
2: um and I don't have any knowledge and I've never learned anything. And right. I sit here every week and I run my mouth about things. I have no idea what I'm
1: talking about, but
2: I will say, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, people want to have you take the fucking super glue challenge and glue your mouth shut. <laughs> glue My mouth, glue my mouth to my asshole.
2: <laughs> so I can finally eat all the shit I spew. Uh, so here's my thing. Altruism. Sure. Like you just said, like doing something selfless seems totally against human nature because we're, you know, we, we preserve ourselves. So in a big way, like I feel like society is kind of a weird, we've we've wound up in a weird situation, right? Where we have these big societies that really rely on everybody at some level taking care of other people. Like it yep. relies on you exhibiting some level of selflessness in order to watch out for other people around you. And it's it's strange, too, that across different cultures, there are different levels of societal consideration. You know, like some societies are more collectivist, where people support each other more. Here in the United States, we're very individualistic. Like there's very little tolerance for, I guess, mandates on taking care of other people. Right. You know, like people don't like to be forced to do something for somebody they don't like. Whereas in some cultures... That's sort of tolerated a little bit, right? Like, you know, people just accept that, like, we all live in this society, we all have to proceed. But it is kind of a weird thing for human beings. Like, it feels unnatural in a lot of
1: ways. But there's so many people, there's no way you can not do it, right? Well, there's, a, there's also the numbers of, I know that survival in a group is more, it's like it's a better odds for me. Right, so I better take care of my tribe, these other people, right, so that I can preserve myself better. Right, so, but then you get into that whole thing of like, well, how do people define a tribe? Right, you know,
2: it's like you could divide it in different ways. I mean, United States is like kind of a tribe, so to speak, sure. but it's a very like, lot sub-factions a lot of sub factions, a lot of sub factions within that within that larger
1: group. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, no, it's 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 uh, yeah, it's you know, that's that's you're hitting the nail on the head there, Andy. Um, with altruism <laughs> I did it He fucking solved it dude wow this is
2: great this is a great day for humanity
1: I don't know Andy what do you think should we get to verdicts here should we should we fucking dump our verdicts dump our verdicts from the pl- bunker scale of plausibility all over our heads and then challenge the bunk funkers to do the same yeah we're gonna do the verdict bucket challenge the here verdict bucket challenge uh, where we're gonna take a the bucket of verdicts and dump it all
2: over ourselves. Oh yeah. Um you know, verdicts obviously are a lot more viscous than water, so this will be a lot more like vaseline or mayonnaise being smeared all over our bodies. Nice aioli.
0: Yeah. Uh
1: I will say though that like I feel like this thing had really good intentions in its origin. And then it was just took off and then more and then you're like, "Oh, we'll make videos out of it and put it on YouTube and then all of a sudden it's like then it's just now it's the public domain." I think that's the thing is like Chris Kennedy had a friend, right.
2: You know, a family member, right. Who's suffering from ALS. And he's like, Hey, you know, this is making its way through the golf world, the professional golf world. And he's like, Hey, you know what? People are, people were raising money for any kind of charity they want. It was like, for golfers, like charity that they were involved in. So he goes, Hey, you know what? I got this family member suffering with ALS. I'm going to do it, make the video. I'm going to donate to ALS. And, it just happened to get ALS charities. Right. Uh, so, you know, fighting against ALS, it goes on, you know, like this guy, uh, his cousin's uh, his wife, his cousin's husband, wife's cousin's husband. Right. <laughs> Easy for me to say. You know, they were like, he was known in town as like being, you know, they were like known in town and he's like known as the guy with ALS. Like, that's what people call him. It's like, hey, there's the guy with ALS. But- no, no, it's just you know, people knew obviously that he was suffering. Hey from ALS. ALS guy, how's your ALS? <laughs> how's that ALS? <laughs> Fucking
1: shitty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really fucking shitty. Yeah, I can imagine. any who's, any anywho's usual ALS guy.
2: <laughs> Cup <Couple> of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so but like that's how it kind of picked up steam in sure. their local community, is that people are like, We want to support this guy. Yeah, Pelham like, New York. We wanna we wanna donate to this chair we we wanna donate to charities to help People that are suffering like our friend.
1: That's a very uplifting little story about yeah. a nice little town coming together, a tribe. Yeah.
2: And like Pat, Patruism. I think Pat Quinn and Maybe. Jeanette happen to be like Facebook friends or whatever. Somehow Pat picks this up and you know, him and Pete Freights are like responsible for it kind of getting big in, in Boston, the Boston area, which was like where it was really like flourishing at the time. And all that stuff was was ALS related because you know these were two guys who were active in organizations trying to support people with ALS and do research into ALS, uh, and so they had a, like a good platform to do more fundraising and stuff, and they used it to
1: great success. Right. Um, where was I going with all of this? I don't know. It just it started off. Oh, we were wholesome. saying it started off
2: wholesome. Yeah. So. And that's it. Like, that's... I mean, that I think that's very wholesome right there. And then it's like, as soon as that caught, you know, fire a little bit, because you had this, like, competing of, like, you know, Matt Lauer, you know, alleged serial sexual assaulter Matt Lauer doing it on live on the Today Show. That gives a big exposure to the idea Huge, of it. Huge, yeah. Uh, and, you know, at that time, it was not connected completely with ALS, but eventually the pool of ALS, it became like associated with ALS. So it started off like as a good, a good thing. And then it just, you know, it kind of morphed
1: into its own viral trend. Yeah, It's like a game of telephone. Cause by the time it got to me, I was doing the ALS mice bucket challenge. I was like, where am I going to find all these mice? Put them in a bucket and dump them on my head.
2: What? <laughs> oh, you should have called me. <laughs> that was back when I had my business. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which uh, is what? Rancher Andy's mice farm. rancher andy's mice farm i had one million mice in my apartment <laughs> boy my neighbors hated me because i did not have any cages
1: oh god all right what's our verdicts here andy i think uh i think we i think the bunk funkers know I think what's we know up. where we're
2: going because we dumped we dumped on this topic more than an ice bucket on our heads that's true um,
1: so it's case close for
2: me i don't really see the connections to satanism here and Even if there are connections to Satanism and you want to make that argument that, well, you know, Satan works in mysterious ways or whatever. Like, yeah, I I just there's no like evidence for it, you know, none at all. Like if you watch Oprah's video when she says in the name of like the way that Selena presents some of this stuff is very misleading. Right. Obviously, like Oprah, Oprah starts off. This is like how the video starts. She's like, in the name of ALS and the Ice Bucket Challenge, I'm like nominating. Like, so it's not like I'm taking this unholy baptism in the name of ALS. Like, it's just the way it sets up, like to watch it, you're like, oh, this is so such a non-issue. And then the whole thing about, oh, Oprah thinks God is jealous of her. It's like she talks, she gave some interview where she talked about um when she moved to Baltimore, I think, and she went to church one Sunday and the pastor was talking about god being jealous and like she she says that she like had this moment of like consideration about how could god be jealous of me and they've like construed that to be like oh oprah thinks god is jealous of her even though that's like taken out of context it's just that little yeah and i mean to be fair it does kind of sound like she misinterpreted what she was saying or that the pastor was misinterpreting that part of the bible because that's like not the point the point is like don't worship other gods but God is jealous. Don't worship any other gods or he'll get pissed.
1: Not that God is jealous of humans. Right. That he's jealous of other gods. Right. Which don't exist.
2: Um, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole, a whole other, other episode. Worms. So, and then this whole thing of, uh, what is it? That Oprah denounced Jesus. Yeah. So I watched this clip too. This is from an Oprah Winfrey show. Okay. Where they're having a discussion about religion, I don't know the wider context of it, but it's like, she's having this discussion and she's saying like, this person who is a guest on my show, just because their path to whatever the same thing that Jesus is that you believe is different and she doesn't call it Jesus, doesn't mean that it's any less powerful or impactful of her life. It's had the same impact on her as far as being like a good person and like doing the same things. You both arrive to the same place just through different paths. How can you say that Jesus is the only path? And this person says, well, because Jesus is the only path. And she's like, so you say that if somebody does all the same things that you do, but they don't call it Jesus that they go to hell? And she's like, well, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, okay, I don't really know that Oprah's like denouncing Jesus there. She's just saying like, oh, there are other... She's like, oh, you know, the argument is if somebody lives somewhere in a very remote part of the world, they've never heard the name of Jesus their whole life. They know nothing about Jesus, but they live their life exactly like a perfect Christian would think that their life should be. Right. And they do all the same things like that person goes to hell just because they had no opportunity. It's a thought to experiment. know Jesus. Right. Like, and yeah. so like that gets twisted into she's denouncing Jesus as being like not whatever. So, wow. I mean,
1: Andy is coming out hard. Do not <laughs> do not target his daytime talk queen. Do Oprah. not do it. Do not do it. Oprah might not live in Chicago anymore, but God damn it,
2: she's one of our own. I remember when Harpo Studios existed. (laughs) So anyway, I mean, bottom line, I'm case closed. I just think this is like one of those things that people, you know, Selena Ward, Nita Fuentes, uh, people are just like, this is the kind of stuff that I think they just do to get a reaction. Yeah. Like it's to drum up things and to scare people. Sure. Because that's some, 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 religious types that's how they operate you know it's like get people afraid and then i'll make you unafraid by you can give me money and you won't feel afraid anymore that's true <laughs> the uh, real peter
1: pop-off type of move real peter popping off i mean they're peter popping off all over the place uh my peter's popping off <laughs> i mean you don't have to kenneth cope with anything you know no you don't um keith keith you don't have to keith cope with anything keep cope i work. mean this topic ah, really got me it. Joel
2: off steamed up yeah, over here
1: there you go all right, yeah, Bunkfunkers, I'm case closed as well. This is uh, just very silly, and uh, there's there's nothing uh, there's nothing tangible here. But uh, you know what, Andy? They, you know what is tangible is uh, our verdicts on the subject. Which those those they were. Yeah, those steps that was tangible. <laughs> that did happen. And I would love. I know you would as well. Oh hear.
2: my god, Bunkfunkers, <laughs> If we can look up, if I can find that old ice bucket challenge video of us performing, I will share it
1: well i wasn't saying that but i I don't know if i will i
2: don't know if it exists i have no idea
1: it might be on facebook but i'll
2: look for it um if you have your videos you want to share with us we'd love to see them yeah we might share it in the uh discord i'll definitely be in the discord if i can find it yeah um but if uh you know let us know what your ice bucket experience was yeah or if you're a satanist talk to us did you did you think did the ice bucket challenge bring you to satan that's right yeah, did Was anybody it, converted by the icebook? Did Church? pouring
1: ice water over your head and thinking about the disease ALS bring you to the Church of Satan? Let us know. What a
2: windy path. We'd love to hear.
1: Use the hashtag hashtag um, um I'm tempted to say Church of Latter-day Santa. Church of Latter-day Santa. Let us know. Use the hashtag Church of Latter-day Santa. Email us, MisterBunkerPod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at MrBunkerPod. Uh YouTube, MrBunker. Check out our merch. Oh, the merch.
0: We got merch.
1: Oh, merch. com. We got merch. And if you feel so inclined, you want to support the show, uh, you can do so at Patreon.com forward slash MrBunkerPod. Andy... um. It's time to take the Mr. Bunker Challenge, which is dumping a whole fucking 9x12 plate of enchiladas on your head. The whole enchilada. All right. Here I go. In the
2: name of Mr. Bunker and the whole enchilada challenge and, research- and Satan, <laughs> I am proud to take the Mr. Bunker Challenge and baptize myself in enchilada. <laughs>
1: Oh, that would be a way better challenge. Blah 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 blah. Oh, uh. <laughs> beefy, beefy. Oh, they're beef enchiladas. <laughs>
2: yeah, these aren't just wow. cheese.
1: Wow. I was thinking chicken. Oh. When you say enchilada, I immediately think chicken. Wow, that's interesting. I always think beef or cheese. Wow. Learn something new every day. Boy, I had a
2: I had a great mushroom enchilada once.
1: Did you really? Yeah. But as the tortillas were mushrooms? No, the mushrooms were inside. Oh. I love mushrooms. I had some fucking amazing enchiladas I got to tell you about the other day. <laughs> tell you about where I went. Bunkfunkers.
0: <laughs> little Sorry. little peek
1: that's behind just, the curtain that's here. That's the two daddies are talking about. <laughs> that's daddy speak. <laughs> but uh, who won't be speaking is uh, not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my penumbral
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: co-host, Andy Hart. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada.